Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes. Uh, Listen, today, uh, friends, we have a special guest. I am so excited for the person that uh, Emily and I had the opportunity to interview. And uh, he's got a great story. You really don't want to miss this. And uh, please remember, uh, friends, as you listen to these podcasts, to share it with people that you know will be encouraged Uh, with these stories that we're highlighting so they can share their faith with people that God has placed in their lives as well. Uh, Before we get to the interview, Emily, let's talk a little bit about what we do uh, in uh, partnership with churches. Uh, Passion to Reach Ministries, obviously our heart is that people would come to faith in Christ, but we've recognized that the local church is really God's mechanism channel Mm -hmm. uh, for his grace to touch a community. And so uh, we've sort of tried to limit ourselves to work with local churches, helping them fulfill the Great Commission. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how we work with churches to help them become more effective in what they do in ministry? Yeah, I mean, our programs take a lot of different um, elements. We we utilize coaching, training, um, consulting. We utilize um, just research and development. But, you know, for a lot of churches, they're really good at usually the initial follow-up or connecting. You know, a lot of people will notice a first-time guest or new people, and that first connection may be good or maybe even to a first phone call. But then a lot of times, uh, especially working in churches, we're realizing that it's from that point on where there's maybe a lack of strategy or development when it comes to discipling and developing the people as they continue, right? Um, A lot of our focus is on Sunday services or events or services. So what we like to do when we go into churches is really look at um, how do we develop people from coming into the church to discipling them into a full disciple of Christ, one who is a learner of Christ, one who is uh, passionate in their, in their relationship with God, one who grows and develops as a believer? And so we incorporate uh, discipleship pathways and discipleship programs to help do that. And so, you know, really in in Matthew 28, it states to make disciples, right? So we're helping churches strategize how to go beyond the convert, right? How to go beyond even, maybe it's not even a new person. Maybe it's people that are responding to altar calls. And so how do we take them from that first decision where they've committed their life to Christ and now bring them through a process where they are fully developed disciples in Christ. Absolutely. And I love that, you know, and I I really look at it, Emily, like it's like when uh, when you have a couple that's expecting a baby and the the time and energy they put into thinking about, uh, you know, what is it that this baby will need? And so most parents, new parents will make sure that they have a list of things that they need to purchase. They they have a baby shower. They make sure the, the nursery looks good. The crib is all set up before the baby gets there, because they know once the baby comes, I've got to take this baby and help this baby grow up and become mature. And uh, many times in churches, we don't think about that, but that's what we come alongside and help churches consider. We don't have all the answers, but we just help them consider how are we going to 
meet the needs of these new Christians. So if you're listening and you're at a church, you're a leader at a church or a pastor at a church, and you're like, you know what? We really need some answers to those questions. Uh, please make sure to get in touch with us. You can check out our website at passiontoreach.com or send us a quick email, info at passiontoreach.com. With that, uh, we want to bring on our guest for this podcast. Uh, his name is Renaud Bejani, and he's got an incredible testimony yeah. and how he uh, has uh, discovered his mission, which is to communicate the love of Jesus with people from a Muslim background. We'd like to welcome our special guest today, Renaud Bejani. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Renaud, we are super thrilled that you are a guest on Mission Connect. Uh, it's um, It's been uh, a few months in the making. Um, I think we met, what, it's about eight months now or so? It was about June yes. last year, I think it was. Yes. Uh, that we connected and... Uh, and you're all the way out in sunny California. Mm -hmm. and, yes. Uh, Emily and I are sitting here in our offices in frigid Toronto, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the frozen chosen up here. So yeah. listen, if there's any ministry opportunities for us in California, please send us an invite. We would love to serve the Lord in California. When you got it. <laughs> you know, it's all relative. Right now, I'm sitting here, and usually I'm complaining with my wife that it's getting cold over here with a high of uh, 59 and 60. Wow. Wow. wow that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, Renard, listen, we're so thrilled, and we want to get right to it. Uh, you have an incredible ministry and a great passion. Uh, and specifically, I hope Ministries works with uh, equipping Christians to reach uh, people from uh, a Muslim background, sharing Christ's love with them, and sharing the truth of the gospel with them as well. But before we get into that, Renan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, um, and how you came to faith in Christ. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I was born in Iraq into a Lebanese Christian family. Uh, so uh, my parents were poor and they traveled throughout the Middle East and North Africa. So I was born in Iraq and lived in, uh, went through Syria, lived in Lebanon, went through Egypt, uh, lived in Libya. So all of those areas around the Middle East. And uh, I experienced persecution by Islamic extremists for nine years. It started at age four and uh, it uh, culminated at age 12 uh, in a war between Christians and Muslims in Lebanon. So, uh, but I eventually, uh, the Lord took me out of that and I escaped and uh, went to America in 1976 at age 13. Hmm. But as you can imagine, I was a messed up young man and full of anger and rage. And in high school in California, I walked away from God and lived a very sinful lifestyle for about 25 years. Hmm. Um, I was married and divorced previously, so I had two sons from a failed marriage, and they were born in 1986 and 1989. And uh, I went through a process where, of course, I love my sons, and I want to be—I wanted to be the best father I could be uh, for them. Uh, but I knew I needed inner healing. 
So for about seven years in the 1990s, I went through uh, counseling and uh, that was very helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, became a better person, start dealing with some of the anger and the hate that I had. But uh, I also needed to have, felt at the time, I needed to have intelligent answers for them as they start to grow up. Uh, wanted to have intelligent answers about spiritual matters. Uh, questions like, uh, I figured they're going to ask me questions like I'm going through. And that is like, well, does God really exist? Mm. And if so, which God of which religion is the right God? Wow. Uh, so I began with what I thought was the logical starting point. I uh, figured, all right, well, perhaps the easiest way to answer that question is to ask, well, is the universe a result of chance uh, or was it created? So for a few years in the 1990s, I obsessed about that and I sought scientific answers to that questions so that, uh, and through that process, I eventually concluded that everything was created. Mm. I figured it took a lot more faith uh, and uh, unreasonable faith to believe that, uh, uh, the, that the universe was just created or uh, came into existence by chance. So there is a, a creator and there was overwhelming evidence of that. So, uh, so I began the journey for a few more years after that uh, of examining the main religions of the world, figuring, okay, if there's a God. Who is it? Is he the God of Buddhism, uh, Hinduism? Uh, so I studied those religions, then Islam, and uh, I figured I knew a lot of background about Islam because I grew, among Mus grew up among Muslims for 13 years, but I wanted to get deeper into the faith. And uh, initially, uh, I was a little bit confused uh, after studying these religions, and I concluded uh, that uh, uh, that if a person is sincerely good and does more good works than bad works, then uh, he'll get into heaven. He or she will get into heaven. And uh, uh, so whatever heaven looks like, it'll be a good place and we will be there in the afterlife. And of course, uh, later on, I discovered that was a very wrong conclusion. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, that was before I examined Christianity uh, deeper. I figured I knew everything about the Christianity in the Bible because I grew up in a Christian home, at least for the first 13 years. Uh, but uh, as I examined the Bible, I didn't understand initially why a person had to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in order to be saved. Uh, so that troubled me for a while. And then, uh, but I saw eventually as I studied the Bible that throughout the Bible, the Lord start revealing, the Holy Spirit start revealing to me why the Son of God, Jesus, had to come to earth as a human, had to live a sinless life and die on the cross and be resurrected. It became clearer to me why Jesus is the only way of salvation for reconciliation with God. So around 2001, I uh, accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I was alone in the apartment where I uh, was living in California, and uh, that's the journey of how God led me to faith in Jesus. Wow. I mean, that is, you know, uh, one of the things I thought about, Renan, as you're talking, I'm like, you know, God is so faithful in revealing mm -hmm. himself to those those who are seeking after him, you know, yeah. and this whole podcast is about connecting with God's mission for your life. And I want to encourage even our listeners right now that if you are asking God for 
you know, whatever it is, your mission, your purpose, your destiny, God, what do you want me to do? If you will seek him, truly seek him, uh, he will reveal himself to you. And mm-hmm. Rena, I think your life is an example of that, that, you know, obviously you start from, well, is there a God, right? I mean, you're going from, am I an atheist or do I believe in a God? And then once you understood and, you know, did your research and all of that, and you know, the Bible talks about this, uh, God Paul talks about creation itself declares the yes. greatness of God and the reality yeah. of God. Now, you, that may not tell you who is the true and living God and, and, and how to follow him, but it will tell you that there is a God based on just understanding nature in and of itself. And yeah. obviously studying then uh, the different religions and coming to a place of faith in Christ. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, what a powerful, powerful story of, uh, of discovering Christ. And you know what? I, I also want to encourage all of the people that listen to this podcast and who want to make a difference in the world for Jesus. Sometimes we do ourselves a disservice when we don't take the time to study. Yeah. You know, so Reddit, I want to, I want to, you know, tell you that I think that's amazing that you did all that work uh, studying and learning and wanting to discover because now when someone talks to you, even though your ministry is not geared towards Buddhism or your ministry is not geared towards somebody who's an atheist, uh, you have some things you can share with them from what you learned uh, yes. in your time of wanting to discover the truth. And and unfortunately, Renard, for those that listen to this podcast, including myself, who uh, you know were born and raised in a strong Christian home and gave our lives to Jesus when we were really young, we don't take that time. We just sort of make the assumption that, well, you know, we believe, we, we understand. And I'm not saying faith isn't important, but sometimes we don't take the time to say, okay, you know what, I better, I better know why I believe what I believe. I better get to the, you know, to the, to the foundational truths that, so that if I'm asked a question, I have an answer. Uh, and that's really where fulfilling God's mission starts is you can have conversations with people that don't even know God and, yes. and, and are hopefully searching for answers as well. Amen. Um, so, you know, let's go from there from that moment of conversion and faith in Christ to how did you discover that this was what God was calling you to do? What was, what was, what was that moment when you said, you know what, I've got to, I've got to, you know, speak and share and write and communicate the gospel with people. Uh, how did you come to that, that place? Cause a lot of people will say, you know what, I'm a Christian. I'm going to, you know, do my thing, grow in my career, make some money, live a comfortable life. You know, I'll go to church. I'll, be an usher or something, right? And I'll give to the church, I'll give to the gospel, but, but that's it. You know, I'm not going to do what Rana did, which sounds crazy to me because he just went and said, you know what, I'm going to quit my job. I'm in corporate America. I'm going to leave all that. I'm going to go out and preach the gospel. How did that happen? What was the process? And how did your wife even let you do something as crazy as that? Because <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the guys are like, brother, if you knew what my wife would say about this idea, it's not going to go well. So tell us, Renan, how did you do it? All right. Those are great questions. Let's try to unpack them. Well, uh, you know, as, as I came to faith in Christ uh, in 2001, the uh, 
I thought, okay, I'm good. I'm saved. I'm on the good path. And then uh, September 11, 2001, probably something a lot of people uh, uh, know, and that is the terrorist attacked America on that day. Well, uh, on that day, I was confronted with all the anger and hate and rage that I still had in my heart. So uh, as a believer, uh, even as a baby believer, I realized that that was wrong. So, uh, uh, so I started spending more time with the Lord to get answers to that. What is it that I need to do? Uh, I mean, uh, initially, uh, when people would ask me about uh, the situation, uh, my response was not a Holy Spirit-filled one. It was one of anger and rage. But, uh, but God started ch- uh, changing me slowly but surely. Sort of the sanctification process began. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell you it hurts. Uh, sanctification is not easy. Uh, 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 I often say sanctification sucks, but uh, I love Jesus anyhow. And uh, mm-hmm. so as he changed me slowly but surely through the process of spending more time with him daily, uh, by 2000, uh, at the end of 2008, I was still going through that process, but it seems like I was in a much better place. And then at that point, uh, there was uh, a team. I heard of a team from uh, a church going to do church planting in the Middle East. And uh, I thought, that's crazy. I had left the Middle East in 1975. I had not been back then, and uh, I had no desire to go back. And uh, so as I'm spending time with the Lord and uh, uh, so on, it was just clear to me that uh, it was impressed upon my heart that I'm supposed to go back to the Middle East with that team. And I struggled with that. I thought, Lord, what? why would I want to go to a place that I, I had so many bad memories and uh, I don't have anything to offer. I have no experience. That would be my first mission trip ever and so on. And um, at that point, I was financially broke, didn't have any money. I thought, Lord, how, how, is it, how am I going to even go? What am I going to do? And uh, so uh, uh, in that process, I probably did something that we're not supposed to do. I tested the Lord. <laughs> I said, Lord, if you really want me to go, it has to be very clear, and the money will have to be provided right away. And within two days of just talking with a few people, they did not donated enough money to send me on the trip. So I said, all right, Lord, I guess you want me to go. And uh, so uh, reluctantly and afraid, I went. And uh, I spent most of my time during that trip just observing uh, what the team was doing, praying, and just seeking to know from God was it, what is it specifically that he wanted me to do. So uh, it started with questions within me as I was in the Middle East, and that is uh, uh, questions I never thought of before started stirring within me, questions like, well, why is this region, the Middle East and North Africa, where Christianity was born and was mostly Christian before Islam was born, is now around 98 up to 99% in places Muslim? Why is that? Uh, then that led to other questions. Why is Christianity declining in previously Christianized nations uh, uh, like the West, like Europe, like America, like Canada, why 
while, while Islam is actually growing there. Uh, so the questions then led to, well, is what happened in the Middle East and North Africa now repeating itself in those Western Christianized nations? And then I thought, well, Lord, even if you reveal the answers to me, what am I supposed to do about all of that? I, <laughs> I just couldn't see how I could make any impact. Um, but uh, uh, during that trip, I also observed, as I was observing, that the Christians, even though there were few in the Middle East, uh, and including the Christians on that church planting team, well, they weren't engaging Muslims. They weren't reaching out to Muslims and sharing their faith. Uh, they had wonderful, loving conversations with them, but uh, uh, didn't share the gospel, didn't share what it means to be a follower of Jesus or accepting Jesus. And uh, so that reminded me that while growing up in the Middle East and North Africa, I, I never witnessed a Christian sharing their faith with a Muslim. Um, so then that reminded me, it's like in America where I live, uh, I ran into a lot of Muslims for the, since I was saved in 2001. I didn't share my faith with them. Uh, so I was guilty of that. And then I realized, well, I didn't witness Christians sharing their faith about Jesus with Muslims either over there. I would hear of some, but, and then the few that I heard, I would hear that, well, they don't see any fruit and they justify not reaching out because they don't see, quote, conversions or Muslims responding to that. So, uh, so, but uh, why aren't Christians sharing their faith with Muslims? That was a question that, that just kept hounding me. Why is that? So, and again, I would say, well, God, even if you reveal the answer to me, what is it that I'm supposed to do? I, I'm not equipped. I don't know what to do. I couldn't have any impact. But uh, uh, so I kept asking, and I didn't have a whole lot of questions. But after uh, the Lord introduced me to my uh, wife, Karen, uh, thinking I was never going to be uh, uh, married again and uh, and we got married in November of 2010 well I'd heard the call from many people before that I need to be in full-time ministry and uh, uh, the, the Lord had been preparing me for this but I didn't know exactly what that would look like well then God started using Karen she was hounding me lovingly and gently but hounding me that I need to get into full-time ministry she said that the Lord is making that clear to her. So uh, after through a period of fasting and praying, I quit my job in May 2011 and got into ministry full time. And that was very scary step of faith. Um, especially since I didn't have a clear idea of what it was that God wanted me to do. And uh, but what God kept revealing is this, that throughout Scripture, it's there, and that is that we've got to trust and obey His leading and just take that first step of obedience. Those revelations and answers and miracles typically happen after you step out in faith. Mm 
Right. Jesus, I mean, Peter didn't walk on water until he stepped out of the boat. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't cross the river of Jordan in Israel until they put their foot in the floody water uh, or the flooding water before the river parted and so on. So, uh, so the Lord started answering a lot of questions and clarifying the mission and the vision slowly but surely. And then by September 2012, it became clearer what it was that God called us to do, and that is to inspire and empower Christians to help Muslims find and follow Jesus. So uh, we did our first workshop on September 11, 2012. It was a date that we, uh, the Lord led us to specifically, uh, uh, especially since September 11, 2001 was so meaningful to me in the sense that it revealed all that anger and hate and rage I still harbored toward Muslims. So uh, we did our first workshop, and I thought there'd be a few people there, and uh, the Lord blessed us with uh, a packed room and uh, uh, over 100 people there. And then since then, it's just been a roller coaster ride, I, or, or it's like riding a, a tidal wave, and I'm on the, on the edge of it in a lifeboat just holding on to dear life. And, uh, uh, and uh, the Lord has led us to inspire and empower uh, about 7,000 500 Christians through life workshops events uh, and um, and that led to uh, uh, me authoring a book that uh, just finished writing and uh, now we are seeking a publisher and uh, that led to the formation of some uh, key partnerships uh, with church planters and missionary organizations that are sharing their faith with Muslims uh, and sharing the love of Christ with Muslims worldwide. So through all of those people that came through our workshops and these partnerships, the Lord has blessed us with about 18,000 Muslims that we have interacted with, shared his love and our faith with them. And uh, many of them are in ongoing Bible studies right now uh, and what I call gospel-centered relationships with Christians worldwide. And the fruit, the Lord has has uh, blessed us and encouraged us by showing us some fruit. So as of right now, there about 1,400 of these Muslims have become believers uh, in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And uh, so this story demonstrates uh, how I discovered God, God's call for my life. Wow. I mean, that is, what a journey. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much to unpack. Emily, jump in. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that I uh, that came to me. The one thing, you know, I have a lot of people that that say, "Well, Pastor Fanu, how do I know God's mission? And 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 like, how do I discover that? Like, how do I know mm-hmm. what I am uniquely called to address with my life and ministry?" And you know, one of the things I noticed, Renan, about you, and as you're sharing your story, you started noticing things that other people were not noticing. And you started asking questions that other people were not asking. And I find that these are sometimes the clues of heaven that God gives us to identify the things that he's called us to address with our life and to make as part of our mission. You know, like I'm sure there's a lot of mission trips that went out to that, that, you know, part of the Middle East and not a lot of people started 
thinking the way you were thinking and asking the questions mm-hmm. you were asking. And, and it didn't hit people the way it hit you. And, and it didn't cause the same responses to come out of them that came out of you, which then obviously eventually led uh, to these series of events that caused you to step into uh, full-time ministry and develop content and begin to share. So I think that's a that's an interesting point. I don't know, Emily, if you have a thought on that, but I just feel like asking questions. What are, you know, you want to find your mission, start writing down the questions that come mm-hmm. up in your heart when you look at your world. That could be a humanitarian question. Like, why are so many kids hungry in the world? Or it could be a question on sex slavery. You know, why are so many women and men and children being trafficked in our world? It could mm-hmm. be something to do with a specific religious group. You know, man, these people, somebody needs to communicate the gospel with them. And that becomes a clue to, okay, I wonder if there's something here that God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, well, Go ahead, Emily. Sorry. There was a specific question, too, that you mentioned you asked God or you said was, even God, if you reveal these things to me, how do I use them? Like, how, what am I able to do? So in the midst of those questions and specifically kind of that idea of like, even as we begin to understand these things. So first, I guess, in terms of what Pastor Panu is saying, how do we ask the right questions or get these, you know, who are the people I want to reach? Why do I want to reach them? And then how do I begin to take the things God's downloading and move forward with them or move, you know, maybe start a ministry, maybe whatever it is for them. How do I begin to do that with what God's given me? Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you. Great thoughts. A lot to unpack. Well, uh, I want to get back to um, uh, the root of it all. Where do the questions come from? How does God reveal more? So, uh, so in my journey, uh, it first, the first question that God answered was as far as, you know, I've got nothing to offer. Uh, I'm a broken man with an awful past, a very sinful past. Uh, I I felt like a complete failure. And uh, the first time I ever heard what I thought was the voice of God, and I know it was the voice of God, and it was like the loudest whisper I've ever heard thunder within me. It just shook me, and, uh, and, and that was God saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So, uh, so it was God quoting scripture to me from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And uh, so uh, then it will be start becoming clear. It's not about who I am. It's about who he is. It's about the great I am. He works in and through anyone that actually responds to the call. The Bible tells us that everybody is called, but not everybody responds to the call. So, uh, so as we respond to the call, then God starts equipping us and empowering us little by little, just like uh, 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 with Israel. He took them through a journey of 40 years in the desert in order to prepare them to go into the promised land. And then he says, he, he started giving it to them little by little because we can only handle so much. So that's what God started to do. But how do we do that? So what leads to the questions? Um, 
So, uh, and what leads to the result? And that is, uh, the Lord took me to a passage in John fifteen four, and this is just a summary of what it's about. It it is a daily process, and it's a daily process of abiding in the Lord as he has commanded throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. Now the example, one example is in John 15, 4, Jesus says, abide in me mm-hmm. and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it's a, it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So it starts with abiding in the Lord. In other words, God's primary purpose for us is revealed right from Genesis. And uh, uh, when Jesus returns in Revelation and uh, uh, heaven is restored, it comes back to that same one. And that is to Uh, abide in a relationship with God. God created us so we can have that relationship with him. And that's what characterizes heaven. Mm. And in the middle of that, so as we abide in God, then he can produce fruit with us, through us, as we take small steps of faithful obedience daily. So the questions that the Lord was stirring within me came out of listening to him by abiding in him. And this is something every listener can do. Every Christian can Mm -hmm. do. Just start by getting to know God little by little daily, and he'll reveal little by little. But uh, uh, as he reveals, he won't reveal more until we take baby steps Mm. of faith. Obedience, and as we move forward, He reveals more. So that is the process of how God uh, uh, created the questions and then answered the questions. So every listener can have that same journey. It's not just special to me. Wow. Well, I think that's that's powerful, Emily. Yeah, I, not to take us back into what we were talking about, but just something that, you know, um, probably most of us can relate to, even if it's not uh, your specific situation. But this idea that now uh, where you were called was actually to the people who you for many years were persecuted by. And actually, you know, at that time, probably there was a lot of blame that they sent your life into kind of this spiral. And... Not that maybe we have that exact experience, but a lot of us as we enter into ministry have a a barrier or an obstacle that we have to overcome that's really deep in inside. It's like, you know, whether it's this sense of being, um, you know, self-doubt because of years of bullying or whether it's um, fear or trust of people because they were abused growing up, whatever it is. But how did you um, overcome that of that? um, Okay, I'm about to reach the very people who I spent years being persecuted by. And not only do I just have to go into, you know, where they're at. I have to, I love, I love them unconditionally, um, forgiveness and acceptance. Like how did you get over that, uh, obstacle as you were moving out into ministry? Yes, thank you. Great question. All right. Well, you know, coming from the Middle East, we have very, we give very circular answers. So that means we, (laughs) we try to give the full picture. So, guide me if I'm giving you too much, but uh, as I try to remain focused. So here's the thing, is that for what I 
come across with many Christians. Uh, uh, most Christians are, have either, uh, especially toward Muslims uh, uh, or anybody from other cultures, and that's uh, fear. Fear is the most common one. So it's not just me, Renaud, because I was persecuted, just fear of what's different, fear of what's unknown, uh, fear to get out of our comfort zones, uh, uh, we're comfortable in the way things are, etc. So fear, lack of confidence, doubt, those are the typical barriers. And that's where Satan, the father of lies, uh, holds back uh, uh, Christians, like our listeners, like the audiences that came through our workshops, and that is that you can't make a difference, uh, you're not equipped, you don't know, so so that holds people back. So for me, my testimony might be that, uh, or it is that, uh, you know, I, I, I once hated Muslims, but now I love them. It's because God transformed my heart. Jesus put his love in my heart for them, and now I am serving the God I once denied, ministering to the very people I once hated. Well, that's a summary of my testimony, but every Christian can have a similar testimony. So what a lot of people that come through our workshop end up saying is, is things like, well, I was very indifferent toward Muslims, especially here in America. They say, I hated Muslims or I was angry with them because of all the terrorist attacks we hear about and so on. So I'm fearful of them and I'm indifferent. And uh, uh, But now that uh, Jesus or the Holy Spirit has, uh, I've given more of my heart to the Holy Spirit than he has helped me overcome my fear because it is not about me, but it's about God uh, 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 doing the work through me as his ambassador. He's called me to be an ambassador, so I'm just going to be an ambassador. So as I started going through that process, God starts encouraging us as we go through it. So for example, for me, that first step was going back to the Middle East on a mission trip. Um, so through that process, I started finding that uh, as I was there, I would talk with Muslims and I found they're very hospitable very friendly. They weren't all terrorists. As a matter of fact, the vast majority hate and abhor terrorism. There's very few tiny minority so uh, uh, that are like that. So the vast majority are loving. They're, they are uh, uh, genuine God seekers, even though they have a, a false view of who God is and how to reach him. They are genuine, and they just need a Christian like me to actually love on them and uh, be a vehicle of the love of Christ flowing through me to them. So, so as I started talking with them, I found them very open. And then I would say, well, you know, I, I'm a, I believe in Jesus. And I would give them my one-minute testimony of how I hated them. And now Jesus has transformed my heart to love them. Typically, that opens the door to where they start asking me questions. They'll say, well, really? You, you, you hated us. Why is that? Then I would tell them how I was persecuted. Then they would feel awful about that. Then they say, well, well how did... 
how did God or Jesus change your heart? And that opens the door for me to share the gospel. So what we get a lot of Christians, uh, for example, I'll give you one example. So this way our listeners have a practical example of someone that they can relate to. So um, uh, one example is uh, uh, Paula. Uh, she's just a regular worker. She barely knew her Bible and uh, and uh, just to try to be a genuine follower of Christ and work hard at work. But one of her co-workers uh, is a Muslim, and she would wear the hijab and the covering. And Paula kept feeling like, I need to reach out or connect with uh, with Sarah. We'll call the Muslim Sarah. And uh, But... She was afraid. It's like, what do I say to her? What if I say or do something that's offensive to Sarah? Uh, um, so that kind of doubt kept Paula back. But one day she saw Sarah work just crying and crying. And, and she just felt compelled. It's like, it's now or never. I got to reach out to this person, even though I'm afraid and I don't know what to say. So she walked up to Sarah and said, Sarah, I just noticed you're crying. Uh, 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 tell me about it. And Sarah just looked at her and, and cried some more. So without thinking, Paula just felt like, well, why don't I just be quiet and hug her? So she just hugged Sarah and Sarah hugged her back and then when Paula was trying to, to 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 break the hug Sarah embraced her some more and lingered in that hug and and then that encouraged Paula to say all right well so Sarah said so Paula said well what 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 what's making you so sad so uh, Sarah said well I've been here in in America for eight years and I'm lonely I don't have friends and it's just been tough and finally my grandma my closest person in the world came to visit me and one day after she came to visit us from the Middle East she died suddenly right here and I'm just broken up my parents are trying to get get me married to some guy in the Middle East and be his third wife and send me back there. And I just can't take this. And Paula, again, praying, she's like, what do I do with that? <laughs> she was asking herself, what do I do? So just without hesitation, the Holy Spirit gave her what to do. And she said, well, Sarah, what I find is that you know, when I'm down, not sure what to do, I just go to church and I just pray and worship. Uh, you want to come to church with me this Sunday? And then afterwards, we can go shopping at the mall and have lunch. And uh, Sarah just looked back, looked at her and said, yes. What Paula didn't know was that Sarah, in her mind, had been driving by churches for eight years, wondering what it's like, wondering why Christians never reach out to her, wondering, you know, do I need a special invitation to go to church and see what it's like? She's just curious. And she represents every Muslim out in Western nations. So uh, Sarah went to, with Paula and uh, and uh, then as she heard scripture being read by the preacher she she just nudged uh, paula and said what what is he reading from she said he's reading from a bible she said well, can I get one? The words are so beautiful so when they went shopping after that paula bought a study bible 
for Sarah. For the next two years, Sarah studied the Bible on her own in secret without any other Muslim knowing. And Paula simply was there as a friend loving on her and periodically trying to answer questions that Sarah had. And most of the time, Paula didn't have the answers. And she would say, well, let's study the Bible together to get the answers because I really don't know. And that was the journey. So Paula, I encourage every Christian to learn that wonderful example like Paula. And there are thousands that the Lord has blessed me with to know thousands like Paula that are just simply doing that, just loving on Muslims, uh, following the leading of the Holy Spirit to actually respond to them. They don't need to be theologians. They don't need to know uh, uh, Bible or they don't need to know Islam because Paula didn't know anything about Islam or the culture. The best way to find all of those things out is through a personal loving relationship with a Muslim or with a Hindu or with a Buddhist or with an atheist or a secular, whoever the Lord puts on your path. Just start engaging them with a loving friendship and pray for opportunities that the Lord will open up for you. Okay. Wow, that is uh, that is an incredible story. Uh, I mean, I almost feel like you know that's a mic drop moment to say you know what well, <laughs> this, this is what we're talking about today yeah. is you know you want to reach Muslims, you want to reach people from any background. At the end of the day, it, it is that love, it is that relationship, it is that connection, and it's overcoming that fear, and that fear is real. But it's incredible mm-hmm. how when you start engaging, you find that people are much like you. They have the same issues. Yes. They're going through the same fears, the same insecurities, the same yes. worries and concerns about the future. And when you engage, you find that the fear sort of melts on its own. And you, you almost wonder like, wow, where did, where did that go? You know, and, yeah. and, but, but right before you take that step, as Paula did, uh, it feels like it's a mountain. And you're like, I just can't even see on the other side of the sphere to see what is even possible. And so, uh, Rena, that's just um, a beautiful, beautiful story. We have to wrap Mm -hmm. up here in a couple of minutes. But could you just, in bullet points, maybe three or four bullet points, um, share with our listeners, if they were to engage, and obviously, the, the the path of love is the path to engage anyone that is outside of the, you know, the family of Christ, if you will, the family of God and, and a relationship with Jesus. Anyone can be reached and you can build a connection through love. But anything specific, uh, just headlines, bullet points that you want to share with our listeners when it comes to engaging Muslims specifically that you would like to share? Yeah. Uh, first, obviously, always pray first and uh, for the Lord to guide you. And then uh, second bullet point would be to actually go. Mm. As Jesus said in the commission, just go. You're my witnesses. So go engage somebody. Just say hello. Uh, tell me about where you're from. Uh, uh, just get to know their culture. Tell me about your family. What brought you here? Just mm. questions like that. Just start. Mm. And uh, uh with what you'll find is that uh, um, 
God will lead you slowly but surely to the right person as you take that step. So, but as you start engaging them, look for an opportunity to pray with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what I mean by that is that's anybody can do that. Every Christian can do that because what you will find is that as you love on a Muslim, so that's a bullet point, just love them. uh, As you love on them uh, or whatever uh, religion that person is from, but specifically Muslim, as you love on them, then uh, they'll open up. They'll say, well, it is hard coming over here. I mean, it seems like uh, whatever they tell you, whatever they reveal to you, then one of the questions uh, that uh, we uh, tell people to ask them is, well, you know, uh, I pray. Uh, in Jesus' name. I pray to God, and sometimes he will do a miracle, sometimes he won't, but if there's anything I could pray for you in Jesus' name, what would that be? Mm-hmm. And as you engage them in a relationship, they will uh, they will open up more. But so that's the bullet point. Just pray with them in Jesus' name. So this way, you don't feel like you have to be a theologian. Right. The best way to lift up Jesus is to pray in His name. Mm-hmm. And if He decides to do a miracle, you will have won over a brother or a sister to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then, like Paula did. Just offer them a Bible as a gift. If they accept it, great. If they take it, that means you've just given them the most power, uh, powerful and successful evangelistic tool in the history of the world. Just give them the Word of God. You don't have to be an expert in it. Do you, so you recommend uh, giving them the full Bible, the New Testament, a gospel? Because those one of the questions that people ask. What should I give them? Should it be a study Bible, as Paula did? Should, you know, what, do you have any specifics that you say, you know what, start off with this or... Yeah, in the new new media age, I would say just start with an app if they have a smart device, because if they get an app, uh, then they have a choice of how they want to do it. Uh, usually apps, they can come in many languages, so they can do an app in their own heart language. If it's not English, if they're more comfortable in English, then they can do it in English. So, uh, for example, uh, uh, one website that I would go to, and you can do it from, or an app through your phone, is bible.is just as it sounds bible.is so they can read the bible they can hear it it's dramatized it's in thousands of languages and uh, they can get it in niv king james in english whatever format they feel more comfortable in and they can exchange that so uh, uh, so i would say just get them uh, on their smart device uh, an app like that so that would be the best version as far as i'm concerned Wow. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, today you have so many options on, uh, on uh, app stores and online. Um, I wonder, uh, you know, do you know of any resource where, you know, how you can have the, the Bible audio version of the Bible in English. Are there audio versions of the Bible in Arabic that you know of? Yes, yes. In Bible.is, they have audio versions in thousands of languages. I believe they are up to uh, like over 2,000 languages and dialects. You can get it in audio and in writing. So it's a great resource. That's And uh, this way you don't have to worry about it and try to go buy thousands of printed Bibles and figure out which one they might like. (laughs) Any, um, Any words of wisdom as far as what not to do? So we talked about what to do, anything, what, you know, what not to do. Uh, And so here, think of a Christian that may be a zealous Christian, but maybe 
zealous for the Lord, but unwise in methods. So anything that would turn off someone from a Muslim background before you even get a relationship going initially. Uh, being uh, disrespectful or uh, uh, having the prideful attitude of, uh, you know, I've got the truth, you don't kind of attitudes. Like just, uh, so don't go in arrogantly uh, or proud. So attitude is what matters. Uh, just go, go in with an attitude of love and humility instead. So you're, you're saying, you know, be open to hearing what they have to say about a matter of yes. faith or, or, you know, understanding of God. Uh, you know, don't just dismiss what they believe and hold to be so precious to them. Give them a listening ear and then offer your side of it or your perspective from what the Bible says and what Jesus says on how to share uh, God's love with them. Yes, so that there you go. That would be a better answer uh, than I gave you, and that is, don't go in talking, 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 talking. Go in with just seeking to listen to them. So there you go. Don't talk. Listen. Listen. Well, that's great. Uh, that's great wisdom. Um, let's also talk, and maybe Emily, you want to step in here for a moment. Is when we talk about a family setting. So I'm just here thinking about how can we mobilize the family? How can we mobilize a husband, wife, and children uh, to become missionaries? And I don't mean each of them go out on their own and share their faith. I mean, as a family unit, how can they engage with other families in their community, in their neighborhood? Emily, I don't know if you want to add to that question uh, for Renaud, but I feel like sometimes we talk about people from a perspective of their individual mission as a person, but what about family units? Because can God, I guess my question is, can God use the family structure and unit to be able to build bridges faster and, and make that connection happen faster than if an individual male or female was trying to build a connection? Yes, the answer is absolutely yes. We are to teach our children. Uh, we are to model things for them. So uh, Jesus also sent us two by two. So to go in as a family is perfect and it's ideal and it's ultimate because you're modeling to your children that you do outreach. That means you reach out with friendship and love to those who don't know Jesus. So a practical way to do that is just uh, you see a, a foreign family, whether they're Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, or whatever, uh, that uh, God has brought to your neighborhood or to your area, uh, uh, invite them to dinner and uh, or invite them for a cup of coffee and for some fun games and get to know them that way. So as a family, so for example, uh, just last week, we invited uh, a couple with their teenage son uh, from the Middle East. Uh, so they had been here three years, hadn't been befriended by a whole lot of people. So we invited them over. They actually accepted. We had our 17-year-old son with us. So they have a 16-year-old son son and uh, uh, we played games we played card games we played board games Yahtzee so it was it was fun stuff and they were engaging and then everybody had a good time and now we've got our 17 year old looking forward to doing more of that and we also at the end asked if we could pray for them so we'll pray together. That's a way to model it as a unit, and everybody is involved. Yes. Wow, that's that's powerful. Mm -hmm. 
Well, listen, and I thank you uh, so much for being on this podcast today and just, um, you know, sharing your insights. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, what uh, would, how would they do that? Where can they find you? Uh, I don't know if it's social media or websites, etc. Why don't you give us that information? Yes, we are in the process of developing social media and all of those things. <laughs> we have uh, some uh, online presence right now, so they can find me through our website, and that's uh, ihopeministries.org. So just like it sounds, ihopeministries.org, and uh, uh, they can click on contact us. Uh, the email will come uh, to me. It will be routed to me, and uh, I'll respond to them. And then uh, there's also phone numbers there they can call us and uh, they can also sign up for our updates uh, that will email and eventually we will become new media experts and they'll be able to do it through social media and so on but that's the way to start right now that's great i want to encourage everyone that's listening if you need a resource person when it comes to or a resource ministry when it comes to reaching people uh, that don't know Jesus uh, with God's love, especially specifically reaching Muslims. Uh, this is an incredible ministry to connect with. They have a lot of resources. And as Renard mentioned, he also has a new book that is hopefully coming out sometime this year. Am I speaking by faith, Renard, sometime this year? Yeah, well, we're hoping by uh, January 2019, so perhaps okay. by Christmas this year. By Christmas or, or early next year. Uh, so look out for that. Connect with him. It's a great resource, and uh, I think you're going to be blessed. Your church is going to be blessed. So with that, Renaud, thank you again yes, for being thank on you. Connect podcast. Thank you. God bless you. Well, Emily, I thought that was a powerful Mm -hmm. uh, interview. And uh, I mean, honestly, I I learned so much. And you know what? I was really inspired by uh, Renaud's story and uh, how God has really helped him discover, connect with the sense of mission in what he's doing uh, with I Hope Ministries. Mm -hmm. It's such an encouragement as you listen to him. His passion came out of his persecution. You know, like he's... he's I love that. I love that. Say that again. Sorry. His passion came out of his persecution. Awesome. And you know, he, the very people that he is ministering to are people who had persecuted him. And it's the same story of Jesus, you know, and just how uh, he died on the cross for the very same people who mocked him and persecuted him. And so, you know, as we listen to that, it's an encouragement to us that, you know, when we're, if we're sitting there and we're questioning, what is our mission? What is our call? Who do I help? You know, this is where it's like, Think about what you've gone through. Is there an experience that you've had where your pain turns into uh, your purpose or your call or what the the testimony that you have, right? Again, you hear these, uh, that our test can turn into our testimony. So who, what has happened in the past? What experience have you had? Or maybe there's just a people group or people on your heart where you're like, I see this and, you know, I want to uh, reach these people. How can you begin to do that? And over time, his, you know, he went on a missions trip. He's discovering this. So over time, 
God developed what that looks like. And now they run I Hope Ministries and they're reaching people with trainings and developments. You know, so over time, you don't have to have the whole picture in mind. But as you begin to reach people, uh, pour into people, take steps of faith like he's talking about, then you begin to see the fullness of what God is doing through you. Absolutely. I, I love that. Um, you know, God will cause your purpose to come out of your pain and that uh, the secret to your passion can generally or many times be found in the persecution you've been through. And uh, that uh, no matter what test you're going through right now, there's always going to be a testimony that comes through that test. So I hope that's encouraging to all of you that are listening. As always, please remember to subscribe to this podcast so you'll get a notification as soon as a new uh, interview comes online. And um, always love to hear from you. So uh, if you have questions for us or comments about this podcast, email us at missionconnect at passionreach.com. Check out our website at passionreach.com. Thanks again for joining us for this week's Mission Connect podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.